Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Podcast like it. Podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I am your host, Phil Iskove. And this week we have TV writer and cultural journalist, Alana Bennett on. She writes uh, currently on Roswell, New Mexico on The CW. And uh, we're going to be talking about episode 117 entitled Assassins. Uh, but first, Alana, I just sort of want to know uh, how Felicity came into your life, why you like it, don't like it, if it still speaks to you, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a roundabout way that Felicity came into my life. I believe that the first episode I saw was um, the last day of of the WB network. They played a bunch of the pilots of the show. That's how I started watching Dawson's Creek. It's how I first saw the first episode of Felicity, but I didn't actually watch, um, actually watch all of Felicity until like two years ago. Uh, because I had like, I had watched most of the old WB dramas. Like I grew up obsessed with them. Um, and it was like, that was the one I hadn't done. And I was in the mood for some Sarah McLaughlin and some sweaters. And I, I think of it as like the perfect, the perfect, like solo concept. It would never be made today. Like just emotional drama, mm-hmm. great sweaters, great, like, like Sarah McLaughlin crooning, like that type of, yeah, I, didn't, I needed that in my life. <laughs> it's it's a very uh yeah it's a very emo show everyone yes. looks, looks very warm very autumnal <laughs> yes. um it, it it's very uh yeah it's a very inviting show and and it's funny you talk about how like low concept it is as low concept as it is uh she still seems a little insane yes she does it's, and yes and as low concept as it is it's still is this a spoiler if I say how it still ends with time travel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like nothing is really as low concept as you might think it is, but it is like, it's like everybody speaks in such calm and PR voices on that show. And it's kind of like AS- yep. ASMR, the, the TV show. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially all the dear Sally, like all the audio or yes. like leaving the tapes for, for, uh, Janine Garofalo for Sally. It, it's also kind of amazing too how, um, so, you know, we, we, obviously we talk about JJ a lot mm-hmm. on these episodes, but it is interesting how, I mean, Alias premieres in the middle of Felicity's run. Yes. So it's, it's not a surprise to me anyway that time travel comes at the end of Felicity. <laughs> yeah. He was tired of the, of not having time travel and things. He was like, from here yeah, on out, like, only time travel. <laughs> 
<laughs> which by the way, kind of his thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of time traveling yeah. shows. But it, it's, it is really funny to think of how earnest the show starts mm-hmm. and through the course of, you know, haircuts and, and the like, uh, the show has no choice but to sort of really up the ante mm-hmm. and kind of everything just gets so much more dramatic, which is ironic since it starts pretty dramatic, just in a different yes. type of drama. Stalking. Starts with some light stalking, starts with some perhaps uh, overly emotional yearbook notes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that Ben should get off completely. I mean, he did write some shit in there yeah. that would set someone off, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about changing their entire life necessarily, <laughs> but um, but it is interesting. So, so you watched it... Uh, on video, like on DVD, or did you, how did you? I watched it on Hulu, which tragically means that I did miss out on the Sarah McLaughlin part because of they, course, they changed the music. And it took me a while to realize that, but in like season two, they reference how much Sarah McLaughlin she listens to. And I'm like, I haven't heard a single Sarah McLaughlin song. I feel so robbed. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because the, so, um, our listeners will know that I have the DVD box set and, <laughs> The DVD box set of season one, the pilot and the finale have the original music cues. Okay. But that's the only place you can get it. Wow. Even the DVDs? I was wondering if I could, like, get the DVDs and get the real experience. Where is the real experience? It's very strange. It's very strange. The only show that I know that the DVDs are, that the music cues are intact on, weirdly, are on the first... Why do I know this? The first printing of the Dawson's Creek DVDs have okay. the original music views. So if we have to go after if you want the real 90s experience? That's what you got to go for. It's weird. Oh, it's very wow. strange. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it's it's interesting um, that the show, which sort of hinged so much on its music cues, would have them removed. I guess there was really no choice in the matter, but that's what it is. Yeah, I can imagine that would be like a nightmare as a creative to put so much of your like like money and time and heart into totally. like decide like to, like that whole aspect of of an experience and then just have it not be last. Like, how do we fix that? How do we make this not happen? <laughs> well, so what is it like for you on Roswell right now? Are they, I mean, if, if you, do you, I'm assuming you have a music supervisor. I'm sure that you guys, mm-hmm. you know, you produce your episodes and I'm assuming that when a cut goes in, you get to see it perhaps with music. Yeah. Do you get to hear? Okay. So you do. Yeah. Yeah. We do. And we do um, mixes and we do spottings where we can make suggestions and uh, hear if this song costs $25,000 and we maybe want to change it out. If it's really that, sure. if, it, if it's yeah. worth $25,000 to us. Yeah. Um, but our, our creator, Karina McKenzie is like very opinionated about the music of the show. And like, it's a very important part of the like aesthetic and the experience to her. So I am like, in, if it was like 10 years down the line and you just like strip that away for like whatever the cheapest like sounding similar one is like, I think it would be, it would be kind of heartbreaking. It, it, it really would be. I, I, we are, we are lucky enough to have Karina is actually coming on for a future episode. Oh, uh, sh- she'll be coming on for the infamous uh, haircut episode. Oh my gosh. Um, amazing. <laughs> so uh, we're very excited to have her on, but yeah, I, I you know, I can, it's clear to me that she cares very much about the mm-hmm. music cues, the vibe of the show, understandably so. Um, and I assume that the Felicity people did too. So it's heartbreaking, in my opinion anyway, mm-hmm. to watch some of these, especially the ones where you have a scene with no dialogue, right? Where you have right. a montage or something yes. like that, and then you lose this this music cue. It's, it, it sucks, but we don't actually yeah. have many of them in this episode now that I mm-hmm. think about it. Um, but... Uh, but it is interesting. So I'm going to give a synopsis of this episode. Um, basically, the morning after the big fight, Noel confesses he made a huge mistake in going off with his ex-girlfriend, Hannah, played by Jennifer Garner in the previous episode, uh, and begs Felicity for another try at their relationship. Felicity struggles to tell Noel about her own indiscretion with Eli. Uh, this <laughs> I'm going to get it to Eli. Uh, but played by Simon Rex, um, an artist uh, who she lost her virginity to in a art studio in the previous episode. Uh, Sean's got a crush and Julie's helping him strategize. Ben is hanging out with Lynn, his uh, swimming buddy, uh, more than with Julie. And Richard gives Noel advice on women and love. And Felicity and Noel go gunning for each other as the dorm engages in an elaborate game of Assassins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Assassins aired on April 20th, 1999 after a six-week break. 
after the last episode. It was written by Andrea Newman and Jennifer Levin and was directed by Michael Schultz. Um, so just sort of, uh, did you, by, I'm assuming you didn't watch the previous episode or did you watch the previous episode? I did not. I mean, I, okay. I, I I'm sure you would see this. So, you know, bit, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the previous episode was called the fugue uh, for the people that perhaps didn't watch or listen to the previous episode. Uh, and it's a pretty seismic episode, mm-hmm. uh, at least from a drama perspective. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Garter comes back into Noel's life, who is his ex-girlfriend uh, and future wife and then future ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot went on between those two. <laughs> indeed. Um, <laughs> Together through one JJ show, torn apart by another, by another. JJ show. Yeah, and then torn apart by Ben Affleck. So yeah. it's, just, it's, it's a real roller coaster with Jen Garner. Um, but uh, she comes back into his life, and um, essentially, they sort of kind of, in classic broadcast uh, romance, uh, they kind of break up, but don't totally mm-hmm. break up, but they break up enough for each of them to have indiscretions yeah. and then try to come back together. And uh, so basically Felicity goes off with this art student. Uh, he goes off with his girlfriend, but Noel does not actually have sex with his ex. Um, whereas Felicity does. Mm-hmm. And here we are. <laughs> uh, that's, <laughs> that's sort of amazing. It's very dramatic. Uh, that sort of lays the groundwork for this episode in terms of where we're at. And it's, and, and it's a great place to leave on a cliffhanger, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, to go away for six weeks, to come back after all of that. Um, it's a good place to be. It's, it's good drama, good TV. Um, but I guess my question to you, and, and one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on for this episode, um, and, and maybe specifically to have a girl on for this episode <laughs> is because of the sort of gender perspective that's going yeah. on in this episode. Um, I don't love that Felicity is the villain. Right, right. Yeah, like, you it, know was, what I mean? it is, I think it's even more, it feels even more dramatic. It felt even more dramatic rewatching it. Um, then, then the friends classic, well, I were on a break. Thing. <laughs> it's just like, it's because, it, because it's in a drama probably because it is like, they're all like, yeah, yeah. like just crying. <laughs> but it is like, yeah, it was so, I just found it wrenching for her. Like it just yeah. felt like tragic for her as opposed to like, like she just made like a very spur of the, and kind of out of character decision that she can mm-hmm. sense is out of character for her because like, you know, lose your virginity however you want it's fine if you lose it with a random art guy yeah. but it's not something felicity would usually do unless she's heartbroken <laughs> so it's like a lot of things led her directly there and so like yeah, yeah it, it, it is kind of hard to watch the like um the, the the moments where there aren't like empathy for her which i don't necessarily think that that the writers didn't have the empathy for her but it is like the the conflict of the episode is she did something shitty and, yeah. it's, and like, kind of, they both did something shitty, but who was shittier? And it's like, I don't know. That, I don't know that there's really an answer. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. who hurt who, and can you get past it? I, I totally agree with that. I, I mean, I think that the, the you know, it, this is sort of a testament to how good the writing is, how good the casting is, and the directing is of this mm-hmm. show. That in lesser hands, and I, I'm sure I say this on every episode of this of this miniseries, but in lesser hands, this would not work. Right. And, yet, and yet somehow they find a way to navigate the minefield um, and and kind of mess up their characters along the way, but we still love mm-hmm. them nonetheless. I mean, I think that, I, you know, I fully believe that Noel wouldn't go through with it. You're right. That's You're not. not a surprise to me because <laughs> <Yes>. he's Noel. <laughs> um, so, and I, and I understand the I guess the frustration that he would feel mm-hmm. and how hurt he would be by that. Um, but I don't fully think he is allowed to be as sanctimonious no. as he is. Especially cause he did go there intending, basically intending to do that. He was like, sorry, hun, I love you, but I really want to have sex with her. So I'm going to go over there and have sex with her. And you can't be surprised that she got so upset that she went on to have sex with somebody else <laughs> like, in that moment. That was like, yeah, that was amongst the very the few options. <laughs> there should all it should also be said, and and you know I talked about this in the in the previous episode as well. But Felicity in the previous episode knows what's about to happen, and right. she calls Noel, <laughs> and he doesn't pick up the phone because right. he's not in his dorm room, and that's enough for her yeah. to be like, "Fuck it." 
<laughs> so it's not as though Felicity didn't, and Lord knows uh, she's a very um, calculated character. So <laughs> it's not like you can't say that she didn't, you know, do her best to try to not hurt him. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of, that's why I don't love, um, there's a couple scenes where he gets a little feisty with her, where you're just like, yeah. dude, come on. Yeah, especially like when he like tries, he then tries to sleep with her when he's drunk. That's it's not like, cool. that was, a, that was just a, such a cringy scene. Cause it is like, first oh. of all, you're very drunk. Second of all, just because she had sex with this man does not mean you have not, you guys have not addressed your issues yet. You can't just no. assume that because she had sex for the first time, she's going to automatically do it with you. Like there were so many yeah. levels. Like, no, come on. Come <laughs> it was on. not a good look for Noel. Yeah. I, I, as soon as he walked into the dorm drunk, I was like, oh, I, 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 in my brain, I like blocked it out. Yeah. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. dude, this is bad. Um, yeah. So um, let's sort of, just to talk sort of uh, broadly about the episode, uh, I like the Assassin's Game. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a fun conceit. Um, I like that it's got some great subtext with Noel and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Felicity. Um, I love that we get to see Carrie Russell holding a gun before the Americans. Yes. Maybe um, that was the first colonel. <laughs> first first colonel of, of it. <laughs> um, it was, you know, it, it, it was a, a, a fun thing. I think the show does mm-hmm. a very good job of finding kind of kitschy, fun, playful ways to, um, to come into this universe. You know, I've talked a little bit about how there aren't many shows about the college experience. Yeah. There are not. And I I don't quite know why that is. I don't know if it's because, uh, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a myriad of reasons for it, but this show finds a way to make college seem very fun, Mm -hmm. even though it's not always fun. Um, and I don't know this, this assassins game, I think, uh, showed some really fun, uh, colors in a bunch of the characters. Uh, Elena's character in particular, we got to see her be very combative and very competitive with people, yeah. which was fun. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, the Sean storyline, uh, what are, do you have thoughts on, on, uh, on, <laughs> dudes asking girls out in weird ways that I can't fully understand. No, not like it for him. It's like, I don't know. I feel like he's a strange character in that regard. And he he is often in that space. And it's not my, it's not amongst my favorite spaces. I feel like once they, they settle him down in the later seasons, but I'm I'm blanking on her name, the weird, when she, when he starts, I feel like then it's like, I agree with that. Uh, it, it, yeah, I think it, he kind of comes into focus for me more. Because I do like the performer. I like that he's in every single J.J. Abrams thing. And like he's very, like, I love Greg Goodberg. I like it. He's, he's great. Um, but Everything. Yeah, everything. But, um, yeah, it's like when it comes to those stories, I'm, like, usually not as invested because it does feel like kind of one note from it does. from that character. It also feels a little bit like, meanwhile, in a different television show. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Like I, I, I liked that the that they used the like I thought it was really cool and clever that the assassins game was like the framing of this episode because I feel like it was like this is going to be so dark. How do we make some aspect of this episode fun for people? Yeah, but like then it is like I feel like the other stuff kind of gets like the. C and D stories get a little more lost. Um, I fully agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I thought that I, I agree with you. I think the um, uh, the game, the Assassin's game, off of the be- the Felicity Noel stuff, is a really great kind of water and oil thing, and mm-hmm. it, it it's um, it breaks up the <laughs> the drama yeah. of the <laughs> situation. Um, Sean's thing felt a little bit like you know, and I'm sure you. Uh, we've all been in writer's rooms where there's like, yeah, why don't we, uh, Sean has a crush on a girl. And you're like, yeah. okay. And then someone writes that storyline and it's like four beats and it's yeah. over. Um, but I, I'll say this. Um, it does feel to me like, uh, everyone's romantic feelings on this show are mm-hmm. dialed up to 11. Yeah. Right? So like that person's the love of my life. I just saw them in right. the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. like, like you can be earnest and romantic and not a psycho. Like there's a way to do that. <laughs> yes. I think the show never really addressed that their concept was stalking. <laughs> so they well, kind of bled yeah. into everything. 
<laughs> it's it's funny because like even Sean, who admittedly seems seven to ten years older than the rest <laughs> of the characters, so much. Show, I'm like, this guy them. should know better. Yeah. <laughs> right? To be an adult. Like a little like, little bit of an adult. I'm a little bit of an adult. Um, I did think the button of the day planner was cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. And her being like, oh, I lost my planner. Yeah. <laughs> that make me laugh. Which is such a like, sure, it's cute and it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Um, we never see that girl again. <laughs> no. We never see Chloe again. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was it was a cute storyline for what it was worth. I think that they then go down the Sean has a crush on Julie storyline. Yes. Which, which I respect the fact that she shoots him down. Mm-hmm. Like, other shows would try yeah. to force these two people together. Right. So and it never right. really becomes a thing. Like, I kind of right. like that. Like, did you do you want- yeah. Yeah, with Brooklyn Nine Nine, that they kind of did that with their I first. Didn't watch season. Brooklyn Nine Nine. I know fair. it's supposed to be great, but yes, that's fair. But the the sum is that in the first season they do that with like one character is like very earnestly like in love with another character who is kind of the cynical badass girl, and then but then like at the end of the first season, I think they all realize that that was not that nobody liked that <laughs> that it was just like right. we don't like him chasing after a girl who clearly doesn't like this <laughs> and right. then so they just stopped and they made it like a, a cute friendship instead like oh, just, you, just have, you can just move on you can have the you don't have to have it like be like she gives in <laughs> right i that is a show that um might be a perfect quarantine show for me to watch yes yes it's a very sunny like but not like not sunny in a way that it feels false. Like it feels just like a nice little place to be. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I, I'm rewatching The Office right now, um, mm-hmm. which is fulfilling that for me. Uh, but maybe Brooklyn Nine Nine, I'll, I'll check that out for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the other things that I kind of loved uh, in this episode was um, Megan having no idea who Elena was. <laughs> um, Megan in general is like my is kind of my MVP of this show. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I adore her on this show. I think she's great. Um, her outfit in the cafeteria, yes, is something else. <laughs> the the I remember, as I'm sure you do too, people with the orange and blue makeup, yeah, and like just people really going for it. And I always yeah. respected the fucking hell out of people like that. Yes. Because I am not that person. <laughs> as I sit here in a black t-shirt. Like I am I am I am the least adventurous person when it comes to yeah. uh, my fashion. And yeah. I always adored people that, that were just like all out. Yeah, and that turn of the century like era for it was like it was peak. It was like the fishnet tops with the cargo pants and the like all the dudes with the spiked hair the in sync thing and i feel like megan is like because a lot of the fashion on this show is like very grounded and then they just have her kind of set aside from that which i really appreciate i feel like we need that like spark of energy i couldn't agree with you more i feel like yeah that period you really had sort of like uh, electronic music was mm-hmm. kind of popping a lot right. at that time. So you had a lot of people that were wearing sort of pseudo rave kind of things mixed with like, elect- it was just, she's, and, and her whole aesthetic is. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today i guess 
everything. Like, it's yeah. just, you know what I mean? Like they just, they put everything into a pot. She's yeah. got like a, a barcode tattoo. Right. She's, she's, she's just, she's, yeah. She's not one subculture. She's all the subculture. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of write her like that too. Like when we see, like meet her, some of her friends out in the world at some point, it's like a very confusing, like who are these? Are they just the club rats? <laughs> I like when she starts selling her own clothes and it's like, doesn't she make like, like arm arm warmers out of like socks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's amazing. It's just, it's just, yeah. I I really feel like like the the, the quote unquote crazy roommate in your dorm mm-hmm. is kind of a trope, but they take it and they a they have fun with it. B, um, they actually turn her into like a three dimensional character when she starts dating Sean, yeah. and, and you start to see her turn you know, become a real person. Yeah. Um, but she's also, you know, the basis of a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> and yeah. like, she's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and, and she also, she also gets to have Felicity time travel. So like, yeah. it's really, Megan is the skeleton key to Felicity. Yeah. She really is. She's like, you can't have that show without her, even though it seems like she's expendable. Like, she's yes. really, when you think about it, she's like the linchpin of the entire thing. <laughs> she really does make the whole thing work. Just <laughs> kind of amazing. <laughs> um, I really appreciated, um, and I'm curious as to your thoughts, the, the flower reveal, um, of the flowers show up at her door and she thinks, oh, yes. I thought, cause I, that took me by surprise too. Like I forgot that twist and I was like, <laughs> they're not from him. <laughs> like in the same moment that she was. <laughs> yeah, the flowers came from the, that was amazing. Like, they're in the room with you. Get, yeah, get out of there. It's really, uh, it's, it's really, um, it's a great little reveal. Like it's really yeah. smart. Um, I, uh, I remember watching this episode with, uh, past and future guests, Yonka Task, who, uh, we watched the show together. Um, I think for the first like two seasons or so, we watched it in, uh, in university together. And I remember him screaming like, Oh no. Like, <laughs> from Eli. Yes. It's, it's pretty fantastic. I think, I feel like a well written romance. Like I feel this way with the show Younger, but I feel like a, a well-written romance should you should watch it like it, it like it's a thriller. <laughs> like you should have the same the same feelings going on inside of you. Totally. Of like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Are they going to get found out? Are they not? Like, the, and I feel like this episode did that of like the roller coaster of that. I totally agree with you. I think if if you're not invested right in the romance, then there's no point. Yeah, and if you are invested. Any turns are yeah, going like, to freak oh my God. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really some, great. Like, uh, I don't know if this spoiler to talk about, but is like no, no, you do, can talk they, about. Do they? Because they don't. Do they get back together ever in the show? I was trying to remember like the arc, and it's like I know they have like close things. I know they sleep they, together. They do but, sleep together, but like, and that's like the impetus of the time travel, kind of. <laughs> sort of, but it's like, like it's. It's the sliding doors moment is yeah. having sex with Noel on the roof yeah. in season four. But like, they never really, like, I know they like talk about their relationship after this, but they never, it never circles back as like, they're actually back together together. Right. Like this is the actual like final technical breakup, which always felt weird to me. It's funny when you say it like that, it's so true. And yet it doesn't feel that way. Yeah, Because it is like the testament. drama continues. Yeah, but I always wanted them to, like, find their way back to each other in a real way for, like, another second, like, in order to make the final decision. Yeah, it's, well, like, so, I mean, my my sort of grander argument about Felicity is that season one is perfect. Yes. <laughs> and then it's bumpy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, like, there, there, it has its moments after that, but it is, there are mo- there are a lot of moments when you're also like, what is happening? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> one of those shows where, like, I love season one so much that the yeah. goodwill that I have towards it powers me through whenever I rewatch the show. Yeah. Um, and I, I really do respect and love the turns. Yeah. And to your point, there's some good stuff that happens in subsequent seasons. And I actually really love some of the weirdness in season two, the, the Twilight Zone episode, yeah. for instance, and, and a lot of the stuff they do in it. Um, but it is weird when you say that, because like, yeah, Noel and her never really get back together again, because after season two, everyone was terrified of doing yeah. anything. <laughs> to rock the boat because of her hair. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so they just, they, she literally like moves in with Ben and they go yeah. all in on Ben and yes. Yeah. And I liked, like, I liked that they go all in on those two. I liked seeing that relationship and what it means to actually explore the drama when a relationship is happening as opposed to the drama when it's not happening. Cause that's totally. like, it's, it's interesting. Like a lot of shows skip that part, but I was like, I was kind of waiting and then it just never happened. And then I was like, yeah, go in the time. You have to time travel cause you, you fucked see. it up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then they fucked it up in the time travel too. But yeah. sorry, I totally agree with you. It's and you didn't derail us at all. Like I think that the, you know, the, the Felicity and Noel relationship, I would argue might be more important than the Ben and yes. relationship because the Ben and Felicity one is, I hate to say it, but the more predictable one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the one that feels, uh, what's the best way to put this? That feels inevitable. Yeah. As opposed to no, which feels a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and also their bond was stronger. Like they were genuine. Like that's what I like gravitated to with them is like they genuinely understood each other and loved each other even when they're not together, which, which in some relationships means you should just be friends. But in their case, I always felt like they they were just avoiding the other part as opposed to shouldn't have the other part. It felt like if, if, uh, if Joey and Pacey had never come back together at the, around the end, like if it, like it kind of felt like a missed opportunity. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, they're, Yes. So my thing with Dawson's Creek is I really only watched the first couple seasons of it. Oh, yeah. So I didn't, I didn't stick with it all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that obviously she ends up with Pacey. She does not end up with Dawson, mm-hmm. which seems right. Right. <laughs> um, because her and Dawson didn't really have much chemistry. Uh, <laughs> so, crucial. Which is kind of crucial, but again, really kind of comes back to how sometimes your lead character is your least interesting character. Yeah. Uh, and Dawson is falls into that camp. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, it, whereas with this show, it did feel as though the Ben Felicity thing was a bit of an inevitability. Yeah. Uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, uh, I, they were so compelling in a lot of ways. Sure. I w- just watched a clip on Jimmy Kimmel, which I'll I'll send you um, after this. Uh, recently, they were on together. Uh, Carrie oh, Russell. Cool. And- Scott Speedman just, I think, happened to be on the same episode. <laughs> nice. Uh, and he proceeded to talk about how terrible a boyfriend he was to her, which I, feels right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but to, to, to sort of add into all this mix, I want to get your thoughts on Simon Rex and Eli. Yes. Uh, first of all, can you tell me what I've seen that actor in before? Because it's stuck in my head. I'll, I can also just get, look it up. <laughs> but that's that's what that was in the back of my head. I was watching this episode. It was an interesting. It was an interesting dynamic because it was like he wasn't this like it could have. It would have been the easy route, I think, to make him just some fuck boy that she slept with. Like, well, he is, but he also was like at, genuinely interested in her and like could have seen something like. Like, it didn't seem like he was, like, go away. It's like she was, like, uh. Um, but the, the moment that was, like, kind of the most heartbreaking was, like, the, the last one where Noel goes to him. And, like, he sees the, the sketch of her. And he's just, and he's, and he's, like, who is this? And he's just, like, oh, some girl. And he's, like, some I thought girl. so. And she, like, storms out. And, and, si- and Simon Rex realizes. And, like, his face falls behind. Like, that's kind of, it was an interesting, like, we don't get that. I feel like I kind of get a sense of who that man is even though he's like such a small character i still feel like he's a person in this which is interesting like which i feel like is a nice touch when he is the one who is the first person to like have sex with Fel- like to uh, like the, the first, felicity's first time like in a show like this i think you do want it not to be literally a complete like stranger you want to get right. a sense of who this person was and that it, i like that it wasn't like like when um when felicity is like oh no it wasn't like super awkward and terrible like he was nice to me like i like that that there had that element to it because it could have been all of the other things it was like it was a horrible experience in a lot of ways but at least right. we hit the baseline of she didn't sleep with like a completely shitty human being <laughs> i i fully agree with all of that and because <laughs> i do i think i think that to your point um they didn't write just some gross dude. Yeah. Um, they, they tried to write elements of three-dimensionality to him. Um, and I also don't want Felicity's first time to be with some, you know, 
terrible person. Right. That should go without saying. Now, Simon Rex, however, <laughs> an actor, yes, yes, uh, is painfully wooden. Yes. Uh, um, like on the page, Eli as a character seems fine. Like he's, he, he serves a purpose and, right. he, and he does what hopefully uh, you would hope the character to do. Eli as a, as an actor, however, seems like such a fuck boy. <laughs> yeah. He does like the feel aesthetic. like, like, yes, the whole thing is like, he's that art boy. It's just yeah. like that. Um, he dead behind the eyes. Yeah. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just it, on top of all of this, as you can imagine, um, I was invested in the <laughs> Nolan Felicity relationship mm-hmm. because I, I see myself to a certain degree as a Nolan in this in this equation. So some hot blue eyed uh, art student coming yeah. in and blowing up the relationship oh, yeah. did not throw me. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's so it's unfortunate. Uh, I also felt like the conversation that Felicity has with Eli when she's breaking it off. Yeah, and he's sort of like whatever. Yeah, he's like sure, I guess. Like I get it, but if that thing doesn't work out with that other guy, like yeah, I'm- yeah, he's like he's kind of too flexible. <laughs> like he's just Very like he'll take whatever scraps are around. <laughs> exactly. Also, uh, I just realized um, I found out uh, oh, what is it where I saw him from. And, like, two years after this role, he was the boyfriend of Jenny Garth's character in What I Like About You, which is a show that I watched on repeat from, like, 2002 to 2004. There you go. Yeah. Was he good on that? Was he better on that? He was better on that. He's more of, a like, an earnest, like, an earnest boyfriend role in that. So it's, like, right. just, like, earnest boyfriend, like, uh, laugh track comedy. <laughs> so. Sure. I don't do. have anything against Simon Rex yeah. as a human. I'm sure he's lovely. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> no, no. I agree with you on this one, though. <laughs> um, the other thing, so just to, to, to bounce back quickly to the, the uh, Sean-Chloe thing, um, her pseudo-Asian shirt that she's wearing in the library felt very 1999 yeah. to me. Yes. That, was that moment? Yeah, I was, like, feel like everybody had the, like, the, like, who knows what, like, if they actually said words, it was 100% cultural appropriation. It feels like, yeah, like, it, like, it feels like everybody had those, like, Forever 21, like, Delia's <laughs> shirts. And it was, yeah. like, constant, uh, just constant appropriation that we all rethought, like, a couple years later. But now they're just immortalized. At the time, seemed, seemed, was, seemed cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I like that Richard gives Noel the idea to go f- talk to Felicity about Eli. Mm-hmm. Richard being obviously the worst possible influence on everybody on this show. Yeah. So I, I thought that was uh, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Um, so the, this is the first. There's basically like three big Noel Felicity scenes. This second one, where Noel sounds like a whiny baby. Yeah, he does. And then like. Smashes something in her room that and was like, not a good like, like a fucking lunatic. And I was just like, dude, you. This is absurd. Uh, but I do like that it sends Felicity to Julie, and they have a really nice conversation in the cafeteria together. Um, I've talked about this in previous episodes, and I'm I'm curious as to your thoughts on this as well. Um, I don't know that this show does the best job with the female friendships on this show. Yeah, it's like in they, terms of yeah. Sorry. No, no, please. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think it's like they scrape the surface of them. They clearly want to be doing that job with them, but they have like a seat. I feel like it's like they always choose something else to take up that space where it is like they have like the conversation, which is very nice. They have like when with um, when Julie has her like rape storyline, I feel like they like have it a little bit more, but it is like it always takes the back seat. And I, I feel like it like that the characters, the, the development of some of the supporting characters like sometimes suffers because of that, because they don't get that time with Felicity or even just with each other. I agree. Um, but I do like that, like, like they, they do nod to it, which is like nice. Like I liked in this episode that they had, they do have that moment. Um, cause it did feel like you, like I was kind of craving that throughout. I was like, I need Felicity to talk to somebody empathetic about this for five seconds. <laughs> somebody who's not going to see her as a villain cause she's just beating herself up so much. Um, so I did like the one in this episode, but like overall it's like, I always crave a little bit more. 
It does. I mean, it feels like a little bit of a symptom of a show that was created by two white guys mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. I think that um, there are a, there's a fair amount of female writers on this show, thankfully, mm-hmm. um, and and some uh, some diversity on the show as well. But I do feel like um, this scene. I mean, this is uh, two female writers that wrote this episode, and this scene felt very real. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like a, a very necessary to your point not just not even an olive branch because they're not on particularly bad terms at this point in the show, but just that um, there's an empathy there. You know what I mean? There's a genuine sense of someone who understands what you're going through. And I think that the show tends to sort of lean on its love triangle. Understandably that was, you know, it knows where its bread is buttered, (laughs) but, but part of that also feels like the male writers wanting male characters to write to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that it's um, it's nice to see that Felicity and Julie scene, which is then ended with Richard getting all up in her face and, turn, and her shooting him in the face, yeah. which I appreciate it, yeah. um, and then getting Noel's name in the game of Assassins, yeah. um, which is fun. Um, so now we have the scene that you mentioned earlier with the, the Noel scoping out Eli at the art studio, yeah. <laughs> which is very strange. Um, and again, like... <laughs> And I don't mean to harp on this, but every time there's a camera pointed at Simon Rex, it almost <laughs> feels like he's surprised that there's a camera pointed <laughs> at him. He's like, oh, it's on me now. So I, I, I don't yeah. love it. It's not his best, um, it's not his best guest star role. <laughs> no. Um, so I get that he like wanted to see what the guy looked like, I guess. Yeah. It's sort of what it feels like. Um, and then there's the, who's this? And Eli saying, just some girl. Uh, Noel then proceeds to get drunk and try to have sex with Felicity. As we mentioned, it's a terrible look. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, but I think this leads nicely into what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, which is that even through all these sort of like bumps in the road through the sort of roller coaster of this episode, the show finds a way to end the episode on a very nice scene of two people that realize that they love each other, mm-hmm. but that they fuck this up. Yeah. And that they're not they're not sure what the road forward is, which again is a great last scene heading into the last five episodes of of the season to sort of really put them at a at a crossroads. I think it's a great place to be, mm-hmm. um, and again, sort of shows that even with all this crazy sort of WB drama that's happening over the preceding you know forty minutes or so of the episode, the writers and the cast and everyone can find a way to have a really nice grounded, yes. you know small scene that's beautifully shot that has that really lovely fast, uh, final shot outside the window of this of the city line behind mm-hmm. them and all that like it it's it yeah so the show even even in all of its lunacy <laughs> even over the course of its entire series of yeah. like craziness this the show is able to find these very genuine moments and i think that's that's something you know, yes I and i feel yeah it is something that i um I feel like is kind of a, was a key of that like WB era and that Felicity kind of feels like did especially well, like even better than a lot of the other ones as those like very quiet, grounded, beautiful moments amongst the lunacy (laughs) because it is like, I think it's part of what I love about these shows is that they are so grounded. They are so low concept in in today's parlance because I don't want, because I, yeah, I do want the just like, the human drama of it, the like we just hurt each other, and that's the like high drama of the of the episode. Uh, and I feel like they they did bring it back to that like really nicely. No, I, I fully agree with you. It's 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 really interesting because it does feel like rewatching this show not just makes me feel good just from a nostalgic perspective, but also just makes me think about how it does feel like today everything needs to be baked into a piece of IP, mm-hmm. um, which is larger than life. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at these things. I understand why they exist. Right. Um, and I mean, I listen, sleepy hollow is very much that like, I'm not, I'm not under any, uh, any delusions here, but I think that, uh, that it makes me think back to a time when we didn't have to be so, uh, reliant on mm-hmm. these pieces of IP on, on supernatural components or comic book properties right. or Archie comics, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, we used to just be able to have a show about a girl who 
crazily enough, decided to throw her whole life into chaos and move to New York for a boy. And that was enough mm-hmm. to fuel 100 episodes of television. Right. Like, it feels like kind of almost right. even, I don't want to say which one, if, if there's one that's harder, but it, it, it is hard in itself, I think, to write a, like a very grounded thing that is still like super compelled, like you're compelled by this by these people when they're just people <laughs> when you know a thousand people exactly like them and that helps but it also means that like you're gonna spot the cracks easier if they don't feel real and i feel like it like felicity feels like a real person to me and yeah. she and like and i'm sure sometimes she falls into the like main character thing but a lot of the times for me she doesn't like she's like compelling like she is sometimes makes horrible decisions and sometimes she makes amazing decisions but i'm still like i'm always there like and she always feels like real and like i could like reach out and like touch her and and i mean this you know this is uh something that we both know which is that characters everything right i mean everything else is bullshit it's all smoke and mirrors right and as long as your audience loves your characters they're gonna go on the ride whatever the ride might very well be and i guess that's now i'm now i'm gonna shoot my argument in the my previous (laughs) argument but but it does go to show that you know if people care about your characters it doesn't matter if they exist in a universe with superheroes or whatever the case might be, because you're invested in that person and you can kind of yada yada away all of your mythology and just be what it is and just allow the show to be about these characters. Um, so if you write the characters well, everything else is kind of moot. Um, and to, to Felicity's point, like all the drama in the world doesn't matter. Um, if you don't care about Felicity, it, mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all bullshit. It yeah. Matter. Even like Ben is a character who I feel like I could have been easily way more bored with than I was. He has moments where he is, but he was, he was, he ended up being written more compellingly and and played more compellingly than I expected going into the show. I knew he would be hot. I didn't know I would care about him. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I knew he would be hot and that's all that she needed to move across the country for him. But like, I didn't expect, like, like to be, like, I was affected, like, uh, by him, like, throughout the sh- show, even when he was, like, a, a shitty boyfriend. <laughs> like, I was totally. still like, but yeah. he's been, he's trying. <laughs> like, he, he feels like a stupid golden retriever. He just like, he's trying, he's a good dog. He didn't mean he to just, be on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's sorry. He'll try yeah. to do better next time. Uh, yeah, no, that's very much how Ben is built, for sure. I think there's also something just in terms of Scott Speedman and, and Scott Foley do a great job of playing sort of two sides of a coin yeah. really well yeah. um, and making it not feel like just hot guys being hot. And that's, yeah. which I totally, you know, which, and, and listen, like it goes both ways. There are the, 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 the multitude of, of female characters that mm-hmm. exist that are also just hot yeah. for no good reason is also you know ridiculous. Um, but I, I wanted to talk really quickly about just Carrie Russell and mm-hmm. what sort of she does with this role um she finds ways you know you were talking earlier at the top of the episode about um how bad you feel for her mm-hmm. and that's a testament to how great a silent actress yeah russell would have been yeah. whereas you don't even need to give her lines like she right. can just be sitting there and you're just like someone be nice to felicity please <laughs> this poor girl is dying inside yeah like she's clearly um, going through it and you don't even need lots of scenes of her talking about going through it to like get that like you get a little bit of that with the voiceover but like it is like even just the amount of weight that she carries in that or even just in the little flashes back to like to her and simon of just like oh no like she this is completely out of her character like Mm -hmm. this is like you really do get like she carries so much of that so well she really she really really does and it's and it, it goes to show you know we're talking in terms of like WB versus today. And I'm sure to some extent, I'm sure you you deal with this on, on your show as well, but um, this show allows you to sit in a moment. Mm -hmm. It allows air to exist. I've worked on broadcast shows. You're not allowed air. (laughs) Like you're just, you're, you're not, it's like, it's got to keep moving. It's got to keep moving. This show will sit with Felicity for 10 or 15 seconds of nothing Mm -hmm. and just allow you to feel this person's anguish or happiness or whatever it is. And 
that's so fucking rare. Yeah, I miss that so much. I feel like that's yeah. the, that's like the realm of like cable dramas now. <laughs> like, yeah, of, or like just did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel like it, it is essential to like telling this kind of story because if you, especially yeah. if it's like it's called Felicity, you need to be able to sit with her when she's not just surrounded by a thousand right. people. You need to understand who she is. <laughs> it's like yeah. literally, like and I, yeah. yeah, it's like I do. It's really funny because. Like on the on the commentary track on the pilot, Matt Reeves and and JJ Abrams talk about how um, the show was made fun of at the time mm-hmm. for all the pregnant pauses, for all the like, <laughs> you know, for all the silence and the stewing and the drama. Um, but I think it's one of his hallmarks. I think it's one of the things that 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 it's if it has a legacy, I'm sure it has something to do with her cutting her hair. But the other legacy is yeah. probably the fact that they allowed you to sit in these moments and allow, um, allow it to really soak it up, allow you to really soak it up as an audience. So I think that that's, I think that's really special, but, yeah. um, but I really, really appreciate that you came on, um, to talk about this episode. Yeah. Um, and I hope that, uh, we have lots of other TV and movies and music yes. and all sorts of other things to talk about in 99. So, we would absolutely love to have you back. I hope I would love, love to be back. back. Yeah, and maybe even be in the same room with us. Yes, <laughs> one day. It's, it's, it's anything's possible. But one day uh, the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, but I very much appreciate you uh, coming on, and um, we hope to have you back very soon. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.